Hi everyone, I'm Liam and this is Words with Women. Welcome to another episode. Our guest for today is Monique Zani, who is a partner at Deloitte. As part of the international tax team, Monique works with multinational organizations to develop and implement cross-border financing. In today's conversation, we will be discussing how EQ, emotional intelligence, is important in the workplace and how we can develop our own EQ. So join us for words of advice, words of wisdom on your bi-weekly podcast, Words with Women. Welcome back to Words with Women. Today, we'll be talking about EQ and IQ with our guest speaker, Monique. So thank you for joining me today. I'm happy to be here with you guys. And we also have Iman, who is our career director at the Women in Management Networks. Thank you, Iman, for connecting us with Monique as well. Yeah, for sure. I'm so excited. So to start off the conversation uh, with you, Monique, I would like to ask you, why did you choose the, the work field that you're in right now? Yeah. It was actually an interesting journey. So I guess by way of background, I'm a partner at Deloitte and I work in the international tax group. When I was in university, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do, probably not unlike a lot of other people. I knew I wanted to be a CA and so I figured I'd start there and see where that road led me. I also knew I didn't want to be an auditor. I didn't think that that was a good fit for me personally. Um, So I started to think about some of the other ways I could become a CA outside of the audit function. And I met a woman at a recruiting event. And this is why I'm I'm such a big proponent of like, I know with COVID, this has become a lot harder, but attending like as many events and talking to as many people as you can about their experiences. Um, So I met this woman, her name was Tara Burns. She's actually still at Deloitte as well. And she was in the international tax group. And we were chatting about like things we like and things that sort of strengthen us. And she described the role as um, a blend of utilizing concepts you'd learn in school, like in the accounting Mm -hmm. world, but also like analyzing the law. And I was really interested in the law at the time, all with a view of like helping to solve clients' problems. And I really liked that aspect of it. Like I really wanted to be client facing and to be seen as someone helping the organization, whereas I know on the audit side, sometimes there's a view on, from the clients that that you're not really there to help. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, and so that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And so that just seemed like a really good fit. And then I joined Deloitte and have been here for 11 years. Oh, wow. So um, I guess it was a good fit. <laughs> and you're now a partner. Did you always knew that you wanted to become a partner at Deloitte? No, (laughs) I didn't. Um, Obviously, I knew that if I stayed with the firm, um, that was the direction that things would go naturally. I did like the role, like I like the challenge, I like the opportunity, but it was never really clear, probably for the first five years that that was where I was going to end up going. So it took me a little bit of time to get there. Yeah. So what is the best part about working as a partner? Like, what do you find like challenging for the role or what is like your favorite aspect of it? For me, it's always been the people. I love the people side of the business. I really like working with the teams I have. I really love my clients. I'm so lucky. My clients are really great. I like actively enjoy calling them to chat about projects we have on on the go, but also just like what's going on in their lives. I really like the opportunities that I have to help coach and mentor. I have two two mentees right now formally and then 
Obviously, I work with a lot of other people, so a lot of opportunity for informal mentorship. And then there's also a lot of opportunity for teaching. I do presentations like internally at some of our learning and growth initiatives, and then also presentations like internally and externally at conferences. So it's really like anything to do with the people is really what like strengthens me and makes me really enjoy my job. And speaking of people, today's topic is IQ and EQ and especially EQ, emotional intelligence. So what are your thoughts about EQ? Yeah, for sure. I mean, EQ and IQ, I think they're both paramount to being successful in the workplace. IQ in a lot of ways helps us get in the door. We see that all the time, like standardized testing, using grades as a screening tool. It's important. Um, I'm not going to downplay the importance of that. People with high IQs are going to be creative problem solvers. They're going to be able to think quickly on their feet. They're going to help drive positive outcomes for the organization they're working with or for their clients if they're in a client service role. But leaders who can demonstrate EQ, and I would describe EQ as sort of being the ability to interpret and manage your own emotions, but also other people's emotions, that's going to help like improve engagement in an organization. It's going to help cultivate high performing teams. You hear that expression all the time, like people leave bosses. That's where I think EQ makes a big difference in, in the workplace. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I feel like it's really important, especially as students, when we're always told to, to show your personality in interviews. And I feel like EQ kind of comes in that, especially in group projects as well. I feel like you can gauge how everyone's doing their strengths and kind of play it to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's important, I would say, in all realms of life. It's going to help you have success not only in the workplace, but it will also ha- help you have success in school. It will help you have success like amongst your personal relationships, just being generally aware of like your own emotions and how you're mm-hmm. reacting to them. And then the ability to perceive other people's emotions mm-hmm. and how to sort of navigate that. Um, people who can do that, I think it just elevates you to that next level. Do you think that EQ can be developed and nurtured or is it something that you're either born with or you don't have? Oh, I think it absolutely can be developed. Um, I think that being self-aware is a huge part of it. And so I think just learning to acknowledge where you're weak and being willing to adapt and to grow, to listen to feedback. We have this concept of sort of the 360 feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, as part of that, you're sort of aggregating feedback from people you're working with, from your peers and from those sort of higher up from you or from your clients. And part of that assessment is actually a self-assessment. What they're really trying to get there is like, what are the areas where you don't even, you think you're doing a good job, but when you're compared not. to the feedback you receive from other people, you're not. The other piece of it is being able to recognize what you're feeling and why and responding appropriately. Like I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I personally see a therapist. I think it's incredibly helpful in this regard, especially because just being able to identify what you're feeling and then reacting. Mm -hmm. Um, You see a lot of people who will have like emotional outbursts um, or they'll be really stressed out and they take it out on the people they're working with. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to lead to productive outcome. Um, And I absolutely think that that's something that you can work on, even just managing your stress, like being aware of your stress levels and how that might be impacting other people is something that you can continue to learn and develop. And then I just think empathy is something that can be practiced. 
I do acknowledge that there are certain individual quality traits that might make the ability to perceive emotion and to respond to emotion more challenging for some people than other people. And so in some respects, it can be harder for them to develop. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it, it is an area that everyone can can work, work on. on. Would you refer to when you said that there are some traits that can make it harder for some people to develop emotional intelligence? Well, I think the classic example there is like the autism spectrum. Um, Like you just see and hear stories about people on the spectrum who have difficulty perceiving and responding to different types of stimuli. So for example, like sarcasm is is Mm -hmm. one that you often hear about where they just don't perceive it. Um, So I think that would be a challenge for someone on the spectrum that 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 can make this a lot harder than it can be for others. We also hear a lot that once you're at work, you have to take your emotions out of the door. You don't bring them with you to the conference room or at work. But where do you think this narrative came from? It's interesting. Like, I'm not sure. And I I think as women, we get tagged with that a little bit more than men do. And I think unfairly. um, (laughs) And I will say that I do agree with part of it. Like, I think sometimes when you bring too much emotion to the table, your message can get lost. Which is why when I say manage and recognize your emotions, I'm not trying to say, push them down and, and don't have them, like not by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that if you can recognize how you're feeling, what you're feeling and what it is that triggered that emotion, it can help you more effectively communicate with other people to drive to a better outcome than like, let's say someone's been doing something that's continually bothering you at work. And then all of a sudden one day you just explode. That's not going to be very effective at achieving any kind of change. And so I think I think in part, I agree with that messaging, but only insofar as to say, understand your emotions, understand why you're feeling what you're feeling, and then learn to respond in a way that's constructive, not don't feel things and don't have emotion. Like, I don't agree with any of that. Like, I think emotion is important and being vulnerable and acknowledging weaknesses is going to lead to like a more sense of trust with your teams. Like I actually think emotion is incredibly important to building strong and effective teams. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just how you actually are demonstrating those emotions in the workplace that I think is where it can really make a difference in your performance. No, for sure. Definitely. It shouldn't be something that cripples us or kind of stop us from doing things that we want to do, but emotions should be something more empowering and something that pushes us out of our comfort zone. And you also brought up a very crucial point when you said that we should all have like conversations about emotions and emotional intelligence in the workplace. How can we have these conversations in the workplace? That's interesting. So like, I guess to start, I would say, and and I'm proud of Deloitte because I do think that we're doing a good job of developing learning content that helps to address some of these topics. We have a lot of, um, a lot of mandatory learning that hits like mm-hmm. hits this nail right on the head. Like we have a program that's actually called Art of Empathy. And the whole okay. purpose of the session is to teach people how to be more empathetic in the way that they're approaching their relationships, both internally and externally. So I do think there are ways that organizations can build that into their system, into their learning and development content. I think a lot also depends on the like natural relationships you have with people in the workplace. 
I know for us, because we have this sort of mentor mentee concept, there is that ability to go to your mentor and talk about things that you're struggling with or emotions that you're feeling or just more generally like how things are going. And you can work with your mentor to sort of develop some strategies for how to improve things that might not be going the way you want them to be going or how to have conversations that are tough. We have another, we actually have another session called Coaching with Courage. And a big part of that is being honest with your counselees and having those tough conversations to help them really elevate their performance to the next level as well. And some Mm -hmm. of that is having tough conversations about how someone's behavior might be impacting the way that they're perceived in the workplace. So a little bit of that's easier for us because we actually have some of those systems like formally developed, but I also think those informal relationships that you have at work can facilitate the same outcome. One of the things that really caught my attention at Deloitte was the, the definition of what is a strength and what is a weakness. And I remember strength is something that I really enjoy doing, something that empowers you. And on the other hand, weakness is something that drains you and you don't really like doing, even if like you're good at it or you're not good at it. And I think it was really interesting how the emphasis was put, how you feel towards the task, not just their end results. Yeah, absolutely. I actually really love that concept as well, because I think that as part of coaching and as part of like growing your team, it's not just important what someone's good at. While that's obviously helpful for the organization, if they're not actually like, quote unquote, strengthened by it, if it's not something that actually like brings them joy in their job day to day or something that makes them excited about waking up and going to work, they're not going to want to keep waking up and coming to the same job. What you want to find is the things that make them excited and then help them grow into those roles, help them develop that skill set so that not only is it something that strengthens them from an interest perspective, it's also strength of theirs because you've developed that skill set absolutely and with motivation as well yeah oh for sure yeah and engagement too I find like with motivation especially even just knowing of like being aware of what makes you excited and fulfilled in the workplace also helps with motivation but I find personally in some situations I can be like overly emotional but not in like a sensitive way just in a way that I empathize with the person to the point where it's a fault. So for example, if I'm in a group project and we're trying to discuss different roles, someone might be overwhelmed with schoolwork. And if I kind of understand that point of view, I take on their work as well when I have just as much schoolwork. Do you think people can have too much EQ to the point where it can harm their success? It's an, it's an interesting question. I almost see it more as needing to have boundaries. And yeah. this is like maybe less about EQ and more just about, well, maybe it is still like it, it is kind of like understanding and managing your own um, emotions and then your own actions. We see it a lot at work, though, where companies will always want the most that you can give. They will want to pull out of you naturally as much as they can. And in a way, like when you're starting out in your own career and as you're progressing through your career, you need to set like boundaries for yourself. And it's the same like in the example that you just gave, like even in a school setting, we see people a lot burn out and they'll just have taken on so much. And often there is a little bit of fault on the company's side because they push too hard and they ask for too much and they didn't provide the resources that were needed for that person to effectively stay engaged and stay happy in their role. But on the other side, I do think there's an onus on everyone 
to set boundaries for yourself and to learn to say no and to learn to say like, this is too much um, because you're not going to be as effective of an employer, as effective of a student, as effective of a teammate, as effective of a partner generally in life if you've taken on more than you feel like you can actually Mm -hmm. chew or, or more than what you can at the same quality level produce. So I do think setting boundaries is important and and maybe part of that is understanding like how you're feeling managing your stress levels um, managing your emotions so I do think I don't know if I would say having too much EQ is the problem so much as being able to manage your own emotion I guess like it's a yes man syndrome (laughs) yes yeah yeah I think that a lot of it is about managing expectations and being honest with yourself and uh, making sure that you know your capacity and what you say yes to don't overlap. And uh, before we move on to the next uh, section, which is the rapid three, two, one, I have one last question for you. So what are the steps or what are the things that you did yourself to develop your own EQ? Oh, (laughs) well, I will say like, I'm far, I don't want to sound like I think that I'm like perfect at it. I'm far (laughs) from that. I do truly believe that how you carry yourself and how you communicate with others can make or break your success in work and in life. So it is something I do try and continually improve on. Um, Like I said, I'm a big proponent of therapy. That's made a huge difference in helping me like understand and recognize the emotions that I'm feeling. I do think feedback is incredibly important. Um, Even when you don't have it formally in place, seeking it out from those you're working with, from those who are working for you, from those above you, even in life. Like, yeah, I joke with my husband about like, let's have a quarterly review of our relationship. But really, like, I do think it's important to make sure that you don't have those blind spots that what you think is something that's going well is aligned with what others around you also think is going well. Mm-hmm. And just one thing I would say is don't dwell on the things that didn't go well I think I've historically been bad at that like I think take those moments where where you didn't respond the way you would have liked to have respond or you didn't notice how someone else was feeling the way that you should have and learn from it and just do better and be better next time and just continually try to improve um, mm-hmm. but don't beat yourself up because that's not super productive and so those are sort of the things that I've been trying to work on um Mm -hmm. in addition to just like general stress management like I got a dog which made a huge difference for me because it it pushed me to be more active in movement it pushed me to get outside more often the fresh air is incredibly helpful even just like her general her general spirit and demeanor makes me so happy so it was sort of like a natural stress management tool for me um (laughs) but but things like that like that that's really what I try to be doing to improve personally Thank you, Monique, for joining us for this conversation today. And now for the rapid three, two, one, I will have three questions. And just to explain it very briefly, the first question will have a three-word answer. The second one will have a two-word answer. And the last one will have a one-word answer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. If you have any questions. <laughs> so, so what are the three values that got you where you are today? Okay. I would say being authentic. Okay. Perseverance. Don't give up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to say this in one word, <laughs> it's but okay. uh, build, build a close network. So support system, I think I could like make yes. it one word. <laughs> support system. Yes. That's great. <laughs> so for the 
second question, what are two things that make you feel motivated or inspired? Uh, my friends and family are huge <laughs> for that. And the other, I would just say is my goals generally, like knowing tomorrow mm -hmm. is going to be better. And it's all part of a process of moving towards mm -hmm. sort of where we're trying to go. Can we add your dog as well? Because I love dogs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> my dog is huge. <laughs> That's cute. Uh, and for the last question, what is one skill that you think is most important in all aspects of life? Well, one I absolutely wish I'd started working on and recognizing sooner is confidence. Um, have faith in your abilities, in the person that you are. I think it's critical to bring it, building strong relationships at work. It's huge in building strong relationships at home. And I just think it leads to like a happier and more authentic self. So I think I would say confidence for that confidence. one. I think that's a, that's a big one as well. Agree. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank you guys. This has been fun.